I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for hitting that play button for another episode of the Hedy Coleman That's our guest, Hedy Coleman. You probably don't know him, but for those who live in Guthrie, America, and yes, that's how he refers to the town, he is a local celebrity. Hetty is extremely funny. He is a true joy to talk to. But the main thing to know about him is just how much he loves Guthrie. Enough that he started his own podcast about the everyday lives of Guthrie residents. We got a fabulous person in the building, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Fabulous. I've been knowing this lady for a long time. Long time. Driving down the main drag of Guthrie can feel like you're on a movie set. It's filled with these gorgeous old Victorian buildings, the sort you might not expect in a town of just around 10,000 people in the middle of Oklahoma. Guthrie was one of those towns that popped up right next to the railroad in the 19th century and was important enough to the state's economy that it was declared the state's capital in 1907. The rights to the capital were later stolen and moved to Oklahoma City, something that also happened to my hometown in Idaho. We'll get to that later in the episode. This is Town Sizing, a podcast from HGTV all about small town living. And I'm your host, Anne Helen Peterson. Hetty loves Guthrie for its walkable downtown, the 2,000 plus original buildings, the fact that the town has the largest preservation district in the country. But what he really loves is what's going on inside those buildings. All the new businesses you might not expect and the vibrancy that you can just feel. Guthrie has been through several cycles of boom and bust, and right now, they're trying to figure out how to balance the influx of tourists and new residents with the difficulty of getting people to live and work in town, especially since Oklahoma City is just a half an hour down the road. That's a question that Hetty thinks about a lot. In his podcast, as the former head of the Guthrie Chamber of Commerce, 
and just as the guy on the street that people come to with questions about what's going on in town. He grew up in Guthrie, moved away from Guthrie, and has come home to raise his kids in Guthrie, and thinks they're slowly figuring out what makes Guthrie so great. Today, I'm going to talk with Hetty about all of that and what it means to try and help make your town a destination while still preserving all that makes it great. So someone who isn't familiar with Guthrie, can you tell us about it? It has a really interesting history. Yeah, so we are the first capital of Oklahoma. When you start thinking about the land run and people establishing their spots, Guthrie was decided to be the capital at that time. And at some point, they transitioned to to Oklahoma City, of course. But we like to say that it was stolen. But another thing about Guthrie America, I call it Guthrie America, but Guthrie, Oklahoma, is that it hasn't grown too much since when it first started, right? So it was 10,000 people then, and it's still roughly around that same size. Well, and, you know, the thing that people maybe don't understand is like 10,000 people in the middle of America. That was a lot of people at the time, right? Like that was a big city. And two things. First of all, I also grew up in what was rightfully the first capital of Idaho, which was also stolen, like in the middle of the night, like (laughs) someone stole the papers, right? Which is kind of what happened in Guthrie. Same sort of thing that people could Uh, just like steal the papers and say, okay, no, this other town is the the capital now. So this whole time, I'm thinking that that story was unique to us, (laughs) but they stole you off papers too. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So was that just like the common story for all small? towns that started out as the capital was like, they took our papers, they stole our papers. And so, yeah, I guess it's a common thing. I'm no longer feeling like we're the unique one. Well, and it also, you know, where I grew up, Lewiston, is similar to Guthrie in that it was like a place where a lot of transit came through. Like, that's the reason why it was populous is because it was kind of this place where people went through all the time. And then other people in the state were like, nah, we want it to be in this other place. So we're just going to declare this other place is the capital. Yeah. So, you know, I love that you called it Guthrie, USA. There's another town that I love called Butte, and it's in Montana. And people say, like, Butte, America, same sort of thing. Yes. And similar to Guthrie, it was a huge mining town. Like, it was the, like, New York City of the West. There was so much wealth in this city and so much beautiful architecture, but it really has gone through all of these periods of boom and bust. And can you feel that in in Guthrie? Like, how have you seen that over the course of your lifetime even? Yeah, no, I I definitely have seen it to where it kind of had its moments and then coming back down. I mean, for example, when I was growing up, you had JCPenney's, you had St. Anthony's, you had what we would call the Victor Mall, where we felt like there was enough energy, enough people shopping locally that we could create what we call the mall. We called it Victor Mall. It was an historic building and everything. And then at some point, you start seeing all of these things leave. Mm -hmm. You then have to drive to the city to get all of your stuff or whatever. And now we're at a place to where those kind of stores and things of that nature, Walmart and all those things are starting to come here and we're starting to grow. People are starting to build neighborhoods here. And so now we're kind of seeing this resurgence of our community. It was going to happen at some point for sure, just because we're so close to Oklahoma City and Edmond, which are the two next biggest cities. And as they grow, it just kind of grows into us. And because of that, I think we're going to continue to see some of that 
that growth in as far as retail opportunities, schools, how it impacts our schools and things like that. But I'm hoping, because I moved here because it was a smaller community, right? I'm hoping that it's still going to have the downtown, the small town, old town. Yeah. And then you kind of have the outskirts. Right. And I don't mind that at all because that'll help. That will help be investing in our schools and things of that nature. So you left to go to an HBCU, right? I did. I went to uh, Bethune-Cookman in Daytona Beach oh, cool. in 1992. So how white is Guthrie? And how did it feel to go from like <laughs> a place that felt pretty white to an HBCU? <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like even though I grew up in a town that was predominantly white, culturally, my family was still very African-American or black. You know, culturally, we just did things that were black people did. And so I never would have been one of those people like if you would have saw me outside of Guthrie, you'd have been like, ah, he probably grew up in an all white community, <laughs> you know. So I never we still somehow maintained culturally. And so when I went to Bethune-Cookman, there was nothing too wild. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, though. The thing about Florida is it's pretty country Yeah. where they were saying that we were country. I'm like, no, I think we might be a little bit more city than Florida during that time. Like I was like, y'all doing some stuff that I feel like is real country. <laughs> but it was a great experience in the sense of like everything was, like like you said, culturally, it was all black culture. And so that was definitely different, mm-hmm. but it wasn't something that it was that made me feel culture shock. And plus, we have HBCU that's like 10 minutes away from here. It's called Langston University. And so we have that. Yeah. Did you ever go mudding as a kid? Like that was the like the big country thing for us was to go like... No, and so that, and I think that's the thing. Like we were very culturally black. You just didn't find very black kids out muddy, <laughs> and so they're. <laughs> you mean you were like Darius no, Rucker, just... just like out there singing country music? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we did do. We did uh, mudding is just a kid thing. Yeah, yeah we yeah. slid in mud, got wet, raced sticks. So when the water was going down, I guess oh, yeah. at this time there's no real draining system. So you put the the sticks and stuff and see which one raced. The, for, I don't know if they did that in the big cities, but when it rained, we were out there in the rain and we were racing sticks. Well, and, you know, Oklahoma is similar in some way. I used to live in Texas and like when it rains, it rains hard and there's not like, you know, yes. and it doesn't absorb into the ground really fast. So you have these huge streams of water. So, yeah, you race the sticks to see it's good entertainment. Yes. It lasts for a long time. Yeah. Yes. yes. Most people don't understand that. But yeah, that's the kind of stuff we did. And like playing football in the streets, like you don't see kids playing football in the streets. Like there was a lot of things that I think now when I got older, I was like, oh, we were probably doing that because we didn't have any other options. Right. Right. There's you no know? phones. So we at least had like four channels, you know? Yeah. And it was long distance to call anywhere out of Guthrie. So you didn't do a lot of oh, yeah. connecting with people outside of your town. Yeah, totally. You know, so. Totally. So you moved <laughs> You moved back to Oklahoma City and you started a family there right after college? I got married in 2003. Yeah. So I lived in Florida for a little bit. I lived in Columbia, Tennessee for a little wow. bit. And then I moved back to Oklahoma City. Well, I was kind of a nomad. I was just a little bit of wherever I could find a couch. I I did a period of time like that. But around 2007, we moved back to Guthrie because my wife is also from Guthrie. Yeah. Okay. So what prompted, like, what was the thing that made you think, like, we ought to go back home? There was this day my wife was driving down the the streets. Now, we're in Oklahoma City, and in the area that we were living in was not the best area. So she's driving down the street, and she sees our son 
my oldest son running down the street. And I think he was like in first or second grade. I think he may have been in second or second or third, but he's running down the street. And my wife was like, and she's with her mom. And she's like, is that our son? Is that Kenneth? And they pull up on him and it's Kenneth running down the street. And so she gets him, puts him in the car, goes back to the school. And then she asked the school to go get Kenneth out of class so she could check him out. They go to look for Kenneth find out that Kenneth's not in the classroom. And so now they're trying to figure this thing out where it's yet. Now my wife's not telling them that he's in the car. And so let she lets them be frantic for a little while. And then at some point she tells them. And then when she gets home, we talk about it. And I was like, you know what? Why don't we go ahead and move back to a smaller community? <laughs> and so we looked at a couple of different ones that were uh, around Oklahoma City, the metro area. Yeah. And then we decided, why not just come back home? Can you talk just a little bit more about why you wanted to leave Oklahoma City for Guthrie? Like, were you worried about your son's safety when you saw him running in the street or just the fact that, like, the school didn't even know that he was missing? Like, what what other things were going through your head then? I think things that were going through my head when I saw my son running down the street was I don't want my son running down the the street on busy roads in a big city and we not know about it because, one, he could get hit. Two, somebody could snatch him up, mm-hmm. uh, these kind of things. And so thinking about moving to a smaller town was like, typically every, you do have this. Everybody knows each other. And if my son's running down the street, you're going to get a phone call. Yes. Hey, Hetty, I think I just saw your son totally. running down the street. Yeah. Or he's going to get home. Yep. Right? Like kids are walking all over the place here in this town because they leave school, walk home, or whatever the case may be. And so you you have an experience like that. You're just like, man, how do I get my family to a safe place? And I feel like you get a little bit more natural community when you live in a smaller town. Yep. And I wanted us to be in a place to where we really are approaching life as a village is raising our kids. Mm-hmm. It's not just us. Yep, totally. And Guthrie get, gave us the opportunity to do that. Plus with the history. We looked at other small towns, but with our history of living here, growing up here, there was still a sense of people knowing who we were. Uh-huh. Uh, but then there's still new people who didn't know who I was at all. Yeah. You know, and so I so my real name is Gregory Coleman. Yeah. And so it, the funny story is like when I came back by this time, people were calling me Hetty as far as like my work and and all the different things that we were able to do in the city. Uh, and so one day somebody calls my office and they's like, hey, I just met Hetty. I met your twin brother. And I was like, oh, I'm 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 Hetty. You know, they had heard about this heady guy moving in and he was, you know, had a connection to Greg. And I was like, no, I'm heady and Greg. I'm both. So That is so good. That is really good. Yeah. So was it more affordable to go back home at that point? This is around 2007. So, you know, financial crisis, all that stuff happening. Yeah. It was definitely uh, a more affordable place. And then we just had family here. So, yeah. Well, yeah, th- it was it was more for it. Was, I don't think it was that big of a, a leap for us because, again, where we were living at was kind of not the best in Oklahoma City. And so we were living in the places that were affordable anyway. Mm-hmm. What did your kids think? How old were they when they moved? My oldest son was uh, I think he was 11 at the mm-hmm. time. And so it was not that big of a deal for him. And my other two kids were so young. But yeah. my middle was born in 2005. And then the year that we had my daughter was the year we moved back. I mean, that makes total sense. You have like a young, a two-year-old and an infant. You're like, okay, all yes. right, give me some yeah. help. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we jetted back. 
but they they love it. You know, the really cool thing is I really try to play a part of my community yeah. to where we help young people recognize the opportunities of living or staying in the smaller communities. And so one of the great things that, that just recently happened, my, my, my middle son was sitting on the couch and he's like, Dad, you know what? I'm starting to get what I think we had just got back from Atlanta or somewhere. And he's like, you know what? I think I'm going to stay. I, I'm going to stay in a smaller town. I think I may stay in Guthrie because I'm starting to get why we live here and understand it. And I was like, yeah, yeah. So that was really awesome yeah. to, to hear him say that. What do you think he was understanding? Like, what was the realization there? I think the busyness. I think he got a sense of like, it's so much calmer here. And I think he appreciated that. Because when you come from this big city, this robust city, traffic, everybody's going everywhere. Thousands of people walking the streets whenever we went down. And then he came home and sitting on the couch and it's quiet. You know, (laughs) and he can walk outside and walk to the park with his friends. and, And it didn't feel like a rush. I think for him... It was like, you know what? I like this. Yeah. And that made me proud in that moment yeah, because that's yeah. the reason I love being here. I love being able to walk to the office and walk to the store, walk to the coffee shop. Well, if we can go back in time a little bit, like when you first moved there, what did you see as like a way that you could be involved in the community in a way that you couldn't have been when you were, you know, living there before as a teen? I just didn't understand city government when I was a teen. Oh, I didn't yeah, even totally. I didn't know what a I didn't know what a superintendent was. I didn't know what a mayor was. I didn't know what a chamber of commerce was. None of this stuff. And whenever I got back together and began to really dig in, like in the education system, like understanding like we hadn't passed a school bond issue in a while, yeah. understanding the importance and making, making it a priority to shop local, mm-hmm. even more so. You know, you always want people to shop local regardless of where you're at, but it's even that much more important for smaller communities. And then also not just that, churches, Getting people to understand why it's important to send their kids to the local schools versus driving because now it's it's close. It feels even that proximity of Edmond in Oklahoma City. Right. So taking their kids to private schools out of there. Right. I end up becoming the CEO of Chamber of Commerce. And out of that is where I started the Choose Guthrie campaign. And then we also have what we call Community Wins. All of these going back to the opportunity that I see to how can we foster community? How can we how can we make our town a priority? Because in small towns, we love it, but at the same time, if we if we don't invest in it, it's gonna die. Totally. You know? Totally. And I even see this with stores, right? So sometimes like on our island, there's a little it's like a general store, kind of. And everything's more expensive there because it has to be Mm -hmm. transported across a ferry because, you know, they have to be able to pay the people who work there, all that sort of thing. But if you don't buy stuff there, it's going to go away. And then that day when you're out of butter or half and half for your coffee or you need a screwdriver because you're trying to do a project, there's not going to be a place for you to go at all. And you're going to have to leave. (laughs) You're going to have to do this whole trip to try to find it. So sometimes it's worth paying more money or or doing that extra work to have that thing in the community. And so it's a hard sell sometimes. Like you got to keep reminding people like, this is why we do yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, for sure. And the more you can tell that story, it's something that you just can't do once or twice. Yeah. Like you just got to figure out how you keep it in front of people because there's somebody who hadn't heard. You know, when you're talking about twelve to 15,000 people mm-hmm. and then you're the county seat. So we're the county seat as well. Oh, so yeah. people drive into Guthrie to do a lot of their shopping. And so you just want to keep telling that story as, as often as you can and, and telling the stories of the people uh, so we can continue to grow and be able to keep jobs. Who's one of the most interesting people in Guthrie, do you think, besides you? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There's so many interesting people. There's Justin Fortney. Justin is a musician. He plays the guitar, but he rides a bike everywhere. Yeah. But he's just like this cool hipster that everybody knows from him riding his bike everywhere. And and so much so, he eventually became the tourism director uh, for, for Guthrie because he was just... One, having a music background, you can always draw a crowd for music, but just a very likable guy. He's super unique. Now, one of the stories, when I go speak places, mm-hmm. one of the stories that I tell is about long hair. Mm. Long hair was homeless. He came to Guthrie on a bicycle, yeah. and he became a handyman. And out of that, now, if you try to call him for business, he's going to be like six or seven months out because he's grown his business. He's a great guy, and he's super unique. And then there's Byron Berline, rest in peace, but he was a world-class fiddler. And so we would do a bluegrass festival. It's actually about to come up, and he started that bluegrass festival, but he's a super unique cat. Well, the story of long hair reminds me of the fact that, like, Sometimes you only have one person in a town who can do something. And so that person is really in demand and something like a handyman. Like you're like, okay, everyone needs a handyman. Yeah. We have like two good handymen in town. What are we going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Coming up, Hetty takes us to one of his favorite places in town. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Are y'all coming in to get a little coffee? We're leaving. Oh, y'all leaving? Y'all yeah. already been here. No cookies. What in the world? No, no, the chocolate chip. There's no chocolate chip cookies. No, how are you liking working here? Is it? You love all the traffic and meeting all the new people? Oh, yeah. All right, beautiful people. Enjoy yourselves. All right. Uh huh. Have a good one. Nice meeting you. Yes. So you just took us to Hoboken Coffee. It's kind of like the hipster coffee shop in town, right? Like, how would you describe it to, to people? You know, the story of the owners is super cool. Yeah. They were living in Oregon and rode bikes all the way back from Oregon. Bicycles. <laughs> all the way back from Oregon to Guthrie. And when they got back, I guess it was Mallory, the wife's desire to open a coffee shop. I think Trey, the husband as well. And for some reason, I can't remember how they landed on the name Hoboken, but Hoboken is a very quaint coffee shop just right off a street called Division. And Division is one of the main streets coming into Guthrie. And Mallory's grandfather owned this old tire shop that nobody had been using. And it was just nasty. It was a tire shop. Yeah. Very nasty place. But she told her grandfather that one day she was going to start this coffee shop uh, in that particular Space And so I think her grandfather, she gave her grandfather a game plan and she started cleaning it out just little by little. Then at some point they opened the coffee shop. But when you walk in it, it's not very big. It just has this great hometown feeling that everybody that comes there just loves it because of the the feel of it. So now they bake goods. They roast the coffee there. So you have the smell of the roasted coffee, the fresh coffee, and they play vinyls. So when you go in, they have a record player up there and they change it in and out the vinyls. So that gives you a little bit of feel. The tables are made here locally and they're made out of this thick concrete and they're gray, like a grayish color, but they're just so beautiful. Very, very home, small town feel to it, but it's just a great spot and everybody's in there. All the old and young. People are hanging out there. So it's like kind of the, it's an example of this new wave of development, like new Guthrie. Were there people when it first mm-hmm. opened who are like, I don't need fancy coffee. I will get my cup of coffee for 50 cents. Thank you very much. Folgers, crystals in the cup. Like, was there pushback at all? <laughs> you definitely got people saying, you know, this coffee's expensive. Yes. But, you know, so I it. think I think one of the things that Trey and Mallory were, understanding was like this is what good coffee costs you yeah you know when it's roasted right here in-house and then also i think people were willing to pay because of the experience yeah there's no other place like it in guthrie and at that time really in the metro hoboken was the first within oklahoma city Edmond. i mean because you're talking like 10 years or so ago yep so it was one of the first local coffee shops that was roasting coffee. In, and you had all sorts of people coming down from other places wanting to learn from Trey and Mallory on how to roast coffee, how they did their shop and things like that. So, Well, and it, a place like that, especially one that attracts foot traffic, can really be an anchor for an area where people mm-hmm. haven't really spent a lot of time walking to before. Like it's a really, yep. really important cornerstone, I think, of a, a thriving downtown. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. And whenever somebody says, when I come to Guthrie, what should I do? And so I say, you go to Hoboken for coffee, you go to Rick's for chocolate, and you go to Missy's 
for a bakery for their donuts. It's this cool donut shop called Missy's that people from all over the place come to. And so that is kind of like the date night. And then I say you can stay at the Dominion House, which is a a small boutique hotel Mm. that's super fancy that used to be an old children's home. And for the longest, it was empty and people thought it was Every Halloween, the news was here talking about the old children's home being haunted. And so some guy ended up buying it, renovating it, and it became the Dominion House. And it's like one of the fanciest things in Guthrie. I've been to small towns where there's just a little bit of concern that like, as things get fancier and as people making more money from out of town come in and really start catering to tourists, that there's just not going to be people catering to the people who've lived there for a really long time. How do you balance that? The way that I always tell people is like, I think our downtown area will stay what it is. For example, we have a Starbucks right off the highway coming into Guthrie. And so people were concerned about that, but I'm like, that's the highway. So if you go hang out at Starbucks, you don't see local people really coming in and out of that place. And so I think what's going to happen is we continue to keep our old town and then the news going to continue to be the surrounding areas. Totally, totally. I can remember when Starbucks first came to the town where I went to college and there was, everyone was just like, this is the end. This was like the early 2000s, but yes, like this is the end. Our town is over. <laughs> and also, you know, the Starbucks came in, it went in right next to the, the, the old coffee shop that had been there forever. And both of them stayed open. You know, sometimes you can have two of something. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. We have three <laughs> right now, three coffee shops. We have Rick's because Rick's not only does chocolate, but there's something unique about each one. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that we have to always be great at is telling the story of each one. Yeah. What are the challenges that Guthrie is grappling with right now? Oh, my goodness. Keeping workers. Yeah. You know, especially municipality works like police and firemen. Right. You know, those are big challenges for small towns because those people typically come here and get trained and then they go to the bigger jobs. If Oklahoma City can pay more, if Edmond can pay more, you got to wrestle with those city workers, those kind of things. And again, can small towns pay $15 and $20 an hour to their employees? So if you can't, now you go to Oklahoma City to work. Because it's only really 30 minutes or even 20 minutes to get to Edmond. And I can go pay $15 to $20 an hour versus $10 or or $9 here in Guthrie. And the prices of Guthrie continue to rise as well Mm -hmm. because the prices of Oklahoma City rise. So you just have that that going up. But, you know, one of the things I desire is a tech company. So I want to see a tech company grow in this community because now you don't have to worry about people shopping there or, Mm -hmm. or, or, or doing those things, you know. So... So on lunch, they can go eat l- at dinner and lunch and things of that nature because they're getting a good wage and, and can, can support those kind of things. Right, right. We need Google or somebody. <laughs> Just does. even a small one, you know. So you do a lot of other things besides, you know, your your podcast and running your YouTube channel and doing the Chamber of Commerce. You also oversee a church. Yeah. You mentor kids. Yeah. You ran for state senate. Yeah. Has there been a moment that makes it all feel worth it for you? Like a moment where you're like, everything's coming together. I always feel like it's all worth doing just because you at the donut shop and somebody says, hey, I listened to your podcast and it was cool to learn about 
Zante. Yeah. So on Fridays, I'll just show up at random places with red balloons. And the reason I do that is because I want people to know that they're seen and I want to celebrate. It's kind of like celebrating yeah. them. Because of those kind of things, people call me to come and speak at different places. And so, for example, I went to speak at Deer Creek, which is a, a school middle school here to the teachers and the staff. Yeah. And then on Twitter just the other day, I see that they're delivering red balloons like the principal's delivering blue balloons because their colors is blue. Blue balloons to the different teachers every Friday, you know, and so because of that, I think people see that and they can have a sense of pride that somebody from their communities having that kind of impact, not just locally, but also outside of Guthrie. You know, I feel like there's often this stereotype of a small town and people who live in a small town and either it's like kind of saccharine, like too sweet, you know, like white picket fences, everything's perfect, like that sort of thing. Or it's really negative. It's like these people are all backwards. Yeah. Like they are really bigoted. No one has ever been anywhere. And also I think oftentimes really, really white, right? And I think that there's so many small towns in America that are not white and are not bigoted and are not sweet. And there's a mix of a lot of things. And Breaking that stereotype is really hard, but really important. Yeah, no, for sure. And what I always say to people, especially being African-American and and you being a minority, is like, hey, love has no skin color and it breaks all sorts of barriers. And if you get out there and just serve people and love them well, you know, those types of things, stereotypes of things come to an end. But typically we have both where Guthrie's this evil town that needs help or this great town that I want to move to and I just love coming down there. So you get a little bit of both. And I just try to point people back to, hey, everywhere you live, there's people and people all have their different challenges. And so it's just in smaller towns, the word probably gets around quicker, but we all have our stuff. Yeah. And you know what? I feel like you are a celebrity in your town. Does it feel like you're a celebrity? Like everyone knows who you are. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what people would say. Everyone knows me, but I'm like, there's 15,000 people and promise you, everybody does not know me. You know, I learned that by people coming to visit our church. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, you know, they don't know who I am. Right. I was a citizen of the year. So I think quite a few people know me in the sense of like selecting me to do that, which means they've seen the work that I do. So what do you hope for Guthrie in five years? Like, what do you want to see happening in town? Like, what would make you really happy? You know, I think what really makes me happy, and this is something that came from uh, our superintendent. He said that there was a time when people would build out these neighborhoods and they wouldn't put on their Guthrie Public Schools because at that time, Guthrie Public Schools was not a place that people wanted to move to or send their kids to school there. So it was best just to leave that off. But towns were People are excited about it. They put that particular school district's name on the big sign as they're building out the community. Yeah. And I think for me, like, the more people are highlighting our community about being a place that they want to live and come to makes me excited. And I think as we continue to figure out how to tell more stories and how to continue to give people the opportunity to create cool things like Hoboken Coffee Shop or or Rick's or Missy's or Boutique 206 or, you know, all these different small town types of stores that we have here and these entrepreneurs have built, the more we can do that, uh, I'm, I'm all in over the next five years. And I think we just got to keep doing what we're doing. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time with us today. Yeah, no, thank you for giving me the opportunity to do this. This is amazing. 
In our next episode, we're heading to Tennessee. Our guests moved from New York to a truly tiny town to start a new life on a farm. Their neighbors thought they wouldn't last six months, but they've surprised pretty much everyone. Sizing is produced by Neon Hum Media for HGTV. You can follow our show wherever you get your podcasts. And we'd love if you could take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.